welcome to the 25th episode of Thought Space, the podcast for the Center for Policy Research. CPR is an independent think tank researching on various issues from urbanization to foreign policy, from economic reforms to environmental challenges. Today, Richa Bansal from the communications team will be in conversation with senior fellow Shubhagato Dasgupta and fellow Arkacha Singh discussing the issue of manual scavenging in India. Hi, I'm Richa and welcome to the podcast Shubhagato and Arkaja. We will be talking about the very important issue of manual scavenging and the deaths that have been occurring because of that in the country. So why don't I ask uh, you Shubhagato about why are so many deaths happening in sanitation work and if you could contextualize the situation more. Sure. Thanks, Richard. Uh, sanitation work is emerging to be um, um, one of the b- biggest killers in the Indian workforce currently. Uh, the, to understand why it is such a j- dangerous activity, we need to uh, understand historically how the sanitation infrastructure has evolved in India. So essentially, this uh, the understanding sanitation infrastructure can be broken into three parts. Uh, one of which is the dry latrine, which is an essential element, uh, uh, was, was an essential element of a sanitation system during colonial times and continued till the 70s and late 80s. Uh, the second part is the emergence of septic tanks to become the main uh, infrastructure in the s- sanitation sector. And then the uh, issues around sewerage systems, their design and management which are also uh, sites where a lot of these deaths are happening. So if I go through the three uh, pieces of infrastructure, um, uh, sanitation work uh, 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 you know, and manual scavenging initially was related to the cleaning of dry latrines and the, and the indignities attached with that. Uh, also given that, the f- uh, that this work was carried out by specific uh, caste-based communities across the country. So uh, dry latrines Im- uh, emerged in our cities in the early 1800s and municipal uh, governments, local governments hired a lot of sanitation workers at that stage to carry headloads of uh, fecal matter uh, from these dry latrines and dump them outside the city limits. Uh, The dry latrine, eradication of dry latrines has been one of the key components of government policy in sanitation. And in the 1980s, there was a a significant movement to ban uh, uh, dry latrines and to rehabilitate uh, manual scavengers. Um, This this, uh, led to... Uh, increasing amounts of septic tanks as the new infrastructure in place of uh, dry latrines. For the audience, can you just explain briefly septic tanks uh, and how they work? Sure. Septic tanks is an on-site treatment system where essentially uh, there is primary treatment of the fecal sludge that happens within this tank which is underground um, below the toilet. Uh, this, uh, This piece of infrastructure also needs uh, some evacuation and desludging mechanisms, uh, and uh, if the system works, uh, is all in order, and septic tanks are well designed and desludged, uh, they can be safe. But however, in uh, India, many of these are really poorly constructed, and the uh, and the desludging of these septic tanks have been um, have been delayed and have hasn't had proper systems. 
the third aspect of this is, of course, sewerage, underground sewerage, which was a technology introduced in uh, India in the, in the 1880s in Chennai, Mumbai, and um, Kolkata. And uh, uh, given that at that stage, uh, this, the sanitation, uh, the uh, sewerage was being set up by colonial powers, there was a lot of uh, issues around the design and implementation of these uh, underground uh, systems. One of the key criticisms that's available in literature is that they were of uh, poor design that made cleaning of these uh, very difficult and uh, uh, there was less emphasis paid to the cleaning of uh, sewers and which continues to uh, till date uh, is because uh, mm, there is uh, always a community, a caste-based community that is involved in this work and available at hand. So uh, the deaths currently are happening in sewer lines and essentially in septic tanks. So how do manual scavengers actually clean out sewers and septic tanks very briefly? So um, on, on septic tanks essentially, um, the system in the past has been that uh, you have to get into the septic tank and uh, evacuate first the water and then the, f uh, the degraded uh, fecal matter which uh, lies on the bottom of the septic tank. Um, in, mod in the more modern systems and which is prevalent in many cities now, uh, they are desludging machines which are expected to uh, do this work and where uh, people are not expected to go into the septic tanks. However, uh, because of poor septic tank designs as well as poor um, tr desludging trucks um, and with uh, the complications of this uh, being built historically and the various conditions in our cities, uh, often people do have to uh, enter the septic tanks still and that's where the danger lies. In the sewerage system, uh, the sewerage systems have uh, uh, internationally much better designs where uh, entry of uh, people are allowed after a lot of training as well as testing of the infrastructure in advance to people entering. Um, and some of these systems are not yet in place in India and uh, we will talk about it later. But wha what actually kills them is the poisonous gases that come out of uh, the degradation of, uh, of, of fecal matter uh, within these systems. Both the septic tanks and the Both sewerage. the septic tanks and, and in sewerage. Uh, gases such as methane, uh, carbon dioxide, sulfur dioxide, uh, nitrogen, and most uh, dangerously hydrogen sulfide are generated in these systems. And that's uh, what uh, kills the people because um, so these gases are, are quite toxic and at certain um, density, uh, these gases can kill in the first breath. Thanks so much, Vibhagato. So, Arkaja, let me come to you. Um, does the law in India recognize these risks associated with uh, manual cleaning? The law covers all these forms of manual scavenging work that Shubhakto has just been talking about. Uh, we've had a law to prohibit manual scavenging since 1993, but at the time the scope of the law covered mainly dry latrines. This was expanded by a new law in 2013, which covered all the other forms of work too. Uh, while manual scavenging work is explicitly prohibited under you know, the old law and the present law, 
um, and and so therefore employing or engaging someone to do manual scavenging work is a criminal offence under the law. The 2003 Act also introduced a new concept called hazardous cleaning. Sorry, the 2013 Act also introduced a new concept called hazardous cleaning to cover the work of cleaning sewage lines and septic tanks. This uh, so hazardous cleaning work under you know in terms of this 2013 law hazardous cleaning work is permitted if certain protocols are followed and safety equipment is provided there's a long list of what types of protocol and what safety equipment is to be provided which is also prescribed in rules under the law another important definition in the law which was brought you know which was brought in in the 2013 law is the concept of insanitary latrines this is a bit wider than dry latrines because it covers any form of latrine from which excreta flows into a drain or a pit and requires manual cleaning also so you know a badly built septic a, a latrine which flows into a septic tank that cannot be accessed in a way that doesn't involve manual scavenging for example is a form of insanitary latrine or if it's flowing directly into an open drain, that's also a form of insanitary latrine. Insanitary, insanitary latrines are meant to be, you know, to have an insanitary latrine is a criminal offense under this law. And um, it is the responsibility of local authorities to identify insanitary latrines and to ensure that these are demolished and replaced with sanitary latrines. We're also increasingly hearing of deaths uh, and manual scavenging work that is happening from cleaning and maintenance work in sewage treatment plants. Now, sewage treatment facilities, you know, in our conventional imagination and how we think of them, they are largely owned by public agencies. But now, by law, large private developments, gated communities, commercial estates, etc., are also required to treat uh, to have their own treatment infrastructure. I understand that operating these plants is a highly technical activity and when operational standards are lowered, this infrastructure can also become very dangerous. For the same reasons that Shubhagatos outlined before about the presence of poisonous gases which accumulate in these systems and uh, this also results in the death of sanitation workers. This part is not currently explicitly covered in the law because it emerged, it's, emer it's emerging far more recently. And we urgently need special attention to the operations of sewage treatment plants, both, public, the, both the public ones and the private ones. Just to distinguish, the 2013 law covers, for, you know, for the purpose of hazardous cleaning, the cleaning of septic tanks and the cleaning of the actual sewage pipes, the lines, are covered in the 2013 law. But the cleaning of sewage treatment plants, so this is a, you know, a treatment facility of, you know, a sort of process. This part is not covered in the 2013 law. The 2013 law is also supposed to facilitate the, eradic the elimination and eradication of manual scavenging. For this, it provides for uh, various measures to rehabilitate people working as manual scavengers. And you know, there's, there's a responsibility on states and district authorities. They're supposed to survey and identify who the people who are doing manual scavenging work. And then uh, there are schemes, schemes that these people are supposed to implement to facilitate the rehabilitation of people who are doing manual scavenging work. The law also provides for, in the cases of accidental death, there is also a compensation which is mandatorily supposed to be paid if for each and every case of accidental death in relation to manual scavenging or hazardous cleaning work. 
the district collectors are also supposed to be responsible for implementing the penal provisions of the law that is the criminal prohibition of manual scavenging and hazardous cleaning and they are supposed to prosecute people who engage or employ anyone to do manual scavenging or hazardous cleaning work uh, they're also supposed to proactively do stuff which is involves you know identifying demolishing replacing dry latrines and insanitary latrines and to implement measures to use technology and equipment to replace manual scavenging work with modern with you know more modern and mechanized systems which are supposed to completely almost completely eliminate the need for this kind of risky direct human intervention in sanitation infrastructure so how has the law worked it hasn't unfortunately and the law has been ineffective in on almost all counts most of all the it's been it's been ineffective across the board one of the you know critical areas where it's been very ineffective is the proactive measures that the state is supposed to take to ensure that manual scavenging work can be completely eradicated to put it more simply the poor state of infrastructure and management produces a need for very risky manual scavenging work and the public responsibility with respect to this infrastructure and management has not been taken up even though it's really essential to the objective of eradicating manual scavenging this is not to say that of course we can keep waiting till the infrastructure and services are in place and only then we'll be able to eradicate manual scavenging because we need to take far more urgent measures and you know we need to eradicate it now but the only point is that public authorities you know they they have a role and they have a responsibility in this and they you know they've not been taking this very seriously and the law has not been strong enough to hold them to account for these responsibilities thanks for that akaja so then uh, who is responsible for these death the public authorities the owners of uh, you know gated communities how does it work so you know in terms of how it's phrased in the law whoever employs or engages someone these are the words used in the law to do manual scavenging work or to do hazardous work is liable to be prosecuted uh, this is being used in the few cases where we know FIRs are being filed to book contractors and site supervisors who were you know people who were who were the direct people who paid the or were to pay the manual scavengers for actually doing that work and sometimes sometimes more recently we even see that the police are filing fir's against the officials in the company responsible for maintaining the unsafe infrastructure but even now uh, it's not you know they they can't directly go after the owners of the dangerous infrastructure by which you know the owner of the dangerous infrastructure could be the water board could be the municipality or it could be the owners of the private building where that dangerous infrastructure is located that owner of the infrastructure needs to see that they have the they have the right kind of service for maintaining and operating that infrastructure so when they're not doing that and they are you know allowing it to be managed in the suboptimal way using manual scavengers and making them do dangerous work the law is not able to actually you know it it's the arm of the law isn't long enough to actually reach Why? them uh this is partly just a problem of how this these particular provisions are phrased in the law and how they've been interpreted and how uh, you know the local administration the police the courts uh this 
this part of the law hasn't been developed enough either in the courts or in in the you know in the actual text and wording of the law it's not been well understood another aspect of this issue is actually that manual scavenging work is increasingly informalized and more and more we see that it's being done sanitation work on the whole and especially manual scavenging work we see more and more that it's being done by people who aren't actually on the employee roles of anyone and so the principal owner of the facility gives somebody a contract to maintain and manage it they may outsource it further downstream and the actual manual scavenger may have been engaged just for that particular piece of work in which they are you know which leads to, which may have led to the accidental death another aspect of course to keep in mind is that the actual act of making someone do this work is technically illegal under the law but to my knowledge we only really have the law being used where uh, the, it it has resulted in a death are there any other issues in the current legal uh, system around this yeah so there are several gaps you know in other aspects of the legal framework that relates to sanitation uh, we have a whole set of environment standards which apply to sewage and apply to the safe management of domestic wastewater but these environment law standards they are focused only on the point of effluent discharge so only at the point where the wastewater reaches a water body or is being discharged and they you know so the law mandates that this wastewater should be treated and should meet certain parameters but it doesn't cover the safe and hygienic management of excreta and sanitation infrastructure and so the question of whether or not the sewage pipes and the sewage treatment plants you know whether that infrastructure actually meets the required technical standards of safety and hygiene that's just not the concern of the environment laws in their current form thanks uh, arkaja so now that we have this uh, pretty grim situation what can be done to improve it uh, shabagato so um, eliminating um, hazardous work in sanitation uh, related work uh, will need a multifaceted approach as arkaja described uh, there are so uh, so many moving parts uh, both uh, in terms of the legal governance around this but also in terms of the different pieces of infrastructure that that are causing these deaths uh, we'll need to work through um, multifarious layers of issues to be able to tackle this uh, completely uh, governments across tiers uh, national local and state uh, will have to work in a systematic uh, manner with a focused attention of reducing the his risks and hazards of of uh, manual work in sanitation Uh, there are many examples of uh, um, of how this how these risks are taken care of and we can look to international examples uh, quite easily in this sector uh, and uh, i would like to lay out a, a, a few of these which could guide us uh, for our work in the future uh, the first aspect is around the design of the infrastructures that that are being put in place so um, um uh, there as arkaja mentioned the infrastructure often is owned by different players and parties most often by the government but often by individuals and uh, groups of individuals so we need to uh, come to a system where we cover all of these separately but very clearly allocate responsibilities clearly uh, so there are operational guidelines that we require for each of these infrastructures on how they are 
built and then operated and maintained. And the manual scavenging um, uh, connotation of the word kind of has, has been very derogatory. Uh, in the past and so much of the movement for the early laws in this area have been towards eradicating human um, uh, human uh, interface with fecal matter. Uh, however, even if we look at uh, the, mm, uh, the many advanced countries, there is some limited in, um, manual work that might be required in these systems. But the idea is how do you design them so that they are safe, uh, safe for the worker. So as, um, as an example, uh, if we take Singapore, which is, a hun uh, which is totally covered by underground sewerage, uh, the, there are a number of design elements that go into how the manholes are designed, what connections are made to these, how the households connect to these um, manholes, how uh, the, uh, the uh, primary and tertiary uh, sewerage system operate uh, as um, uh, with each other. And more recently, of course, that they have come up with this uh, deep tunnel sewerage system. The deep tunnel sewerage system is half a kilometer below Singapore and runs all its waste uh, to a treatment plant before releasing the, uh, the treated uh, sewage into the sea. When they designed the first uh, deep tunnel sewerage system, uh, they, uh, they were also very concerned that they wouldn't want uh, any manual operations in it. But uh, already five years into operation, they do realize that some manual interface is, has to be provided for. And the new deep tunnel sewerage system lines that they are coming up with will allow access uh, to, for human intervention if and when required. Uh, so, uh, so there is lots of design, uh, design improvements and innovations that are needed in the sewerage system. The other aspect is around, let's say, septic tanks and the health and safety issues around uh, emptying protocols around it. Malaysia, South Africa uh, are some good examples of how these issues have been tackled. In uh, Malaysia, there are clear protocols around how uh, the sanitation worker uh, takes care of his own health and safety requirement, which is provided by the company in which he works, and, and the authority that he has in, in, in executing that work. Just to be clear, I mean, you know, these safety protocols in, uh, you know, in the Malaysian system involve never having a worker actually enter a septic tank. They use mechanized equipment. They have, you know, all the protective gear available. And their, you know, standard operating procedures mandate that if the septic tank cannot be cleaned through a mechanized system, they won't clean it at all. So there is no, uh, there is no manual scavenging then uh, as a result of this. They're, uh, they're just sanitation workers. And uh, uh, essentially what Akraja just uh, gave an example of is also how the governance of the system uh, has to be tweaked to let that happen. So when a sanitation worker goes and sees a, a damaged and possibly hazardous septic tank, they can even refuse to clean the septic tank and ask the householder to build another one yeah? and, and, and go back. But the authority for doing this has to be with the inspector and the uh, worker himself. 
so, uh, so this is a governance issue. For example, in the Indian system, if a municipality has allocated work for someone to clean a manual, uh, clean a septic tank, it will, uh, the payment is linked only to him having cleaned it. So I means it doesn't provide the right governance framework wherein the uh, authority of inspecting and deciding whether this is to be approached or not approached or how it is to be dealt with is, is taken at a very senior level and is not with the person who is on the site and on the job and who's putting his or her, uh, her health at risk. Associated with this is, of course, the financing issues around it. Uh, so, uh, for example, sewerage systems. Sewerage systems are in India are designed and built by parastatal arms of the government and then operated and maintained by either the parastatal or the local government itself. In these cases, uh, when there is a, a bottleneck in the sewerage system, it becomes very urgent to clean it very rapidly. Otherwise, the whole city could get choked. Means uh, there, there are many situations in which this has to be dealt with in a very urgent basis. However, uh, in these cases, uh, the only financing available to the uh, person who is to clean it is too limited for him to apply the va various options that, is that they would need to be able to clean it in a proper uh, mm, uh, proper structured manner. As an example, uh, when there is a choke which is very difficult to clean and cannot be cleaned by the desludging vehicle, uh, often the decision to send people down to clean and uh, dig up the waste is not a very clever one because, uh, um, but it happens in a condition where the supervisor or the inspector does not have the resources to pla plan another strategy. In, in, uh, in other countries, for example, if there is a choke of this nature, uh, instead of sending people down, they would have a budget to rehabilitate that part of the sewer, that is close it down at two ends, and then dig up the broken pipe and rebuild the pipe below, for which the finances have to be uh, easily available with the supervisor to allocate that work, and that ha all of this has to be done quite urgently because otherwise it puts a, a whole stress on the whole system and the city uh, can be at risk. So uh, this is the financing end of the reforms that we need for tackling this kind of issue. But, uh, and finally, uh, you know, the training and capacity building around this also involves both the individual users of the system in the sense that uh, uh, the, the people who hire uh, uh, private often informal or even public operators to come and clean their septic tanks. Uh, there is a lot of awareness that needs to be built with the uh, population at large around the risks associated with this job. Uh, for example, uh, not so long back in Udaipur, uh, even the householder died in his own septic tank. So, he, so there was this condition where uh, three people were uh, asked to clean the septic tank. They went down into it and choked to death, and then the householder tried to save them and went down himself and also passed away. Uh, so, mm, uh, uh, so there is a lot of awareness that we need to build on the uh, user end 
as well on, as uh, on the worker end about all the safety risks that this job has, essentially around the gases and why, why some of the more dangerous gases are the most difficult to uh, get aware of. Uh, in in terms of this uh, of of septic tank cleaning, I mean, there are many ways uh, uh, that n this problem could be addressed, um, but it will need to be addressed in its entirety uh, because any one approach is not going to solve the problem. And so, it is a government-wide as well as citizen-wide uh, in uh, interaction that we need to go into and systematically develop a strategy because going forward with the increase in sanitation infrastructure uh, because of all the emphasis on it currently and the uh, new building around toilets and sewerage systems and fecal sludge systems that are happening in the country, uh, this will emerge to be the key bottleneck in providing safe sanity, uh, sanitation uh, for us in India. Thank you so much Shubhagato and Arkaja for laying out these multifarious solutions from legal to governance related to operational procedures to financial allocation for contingencies and uh, citizen awareness, employees awareness and most impor importantly empowering the sanitation worker himself. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode of Thought Space and want to learn more about the research CPR does across various topics, please subscribe to our mailing list and social media channels through our website www.cprindia.org. You can also follow us on Twitter at CPR underscore India.